This is the Christian Life Center podcast. Here at CLC, we are messengers of hope, where we believe in taking God's message of hope everywhere we go to everyone we meet. From wherever you are, be encouraged by this week's message. The coming of God, and and if you have your uh, bulletins, take out your outline. I want to encourage you just to take a few notes, and we may not get through everything, I'm not sure, but our worship team's going to be prepared to come back in a few moments, and I want us to take the final moments of our service today to do what I'm going to be sharing with you about, and that is to glorify God. You know, in God's coming through the birth of Christ, one of the greatest things is that there was a manifestation to you and I, to to us as, as mankind of the glory of God. Now, we know that God is spirit. Without God supernaturally, in a miraculous way, helping us to understand who he is, we would not, in a tangible way, understand the glory of God. We would not understand who God is. God is spirit. And as we begin to talk about the revelation of the glory of God, God came to reveal himself in his glory to you and I. And one of the greatest things that he desires to do is to take residence within our heart to reveal that he's close, to reveal that he's a God that's involved. He's not a God that's distant. He didn't just create the world and set it off to to run its course, but he's involved, he cares, he sees. He's not too busy for you and I. Yes, we're busy. We're running through the day and activity and the hustle and the bustle and everything that's happening. And and sometimes we we can just forget that God desires, he wants to be involved with us. He's not hiding from us. He's not too busy uh, to be involved with us. He's not running uh, away from the problems of the world. He's not absent. He is there. If you've ever studied philosophy, you know that this is one of the of the questions that philosophers wrestle over throughout the ages and the centuries and that is is God aware and is he involved does he know and does he participate in the life of his people his creation well I'm here to tell you today the Bible is very clear that he is Emmanuel say Emmanuel And that means God with us. And the reason that he came is that he would reveal, Christ would reveal the glory of God. That's what Christmas is all about. Yes, shepherds came by night. And and yes, we we see that there was an announcement and the angels of heaven came and and they announced that that God had come, that that the good news is here and that there would be glory and all honor and praise and in the highest we would lift it up but the most important thing that we remember today is that he reveals his glory to you and me and so today I want to just make a few uh, principles points lessons that we've got to know maybe you know it and it'll be a reminder maybe it's just helping us a little bit better understand who God is why Christ came and for you and I to understand the beauty of what that means for us so if if you can, a little bit more maybe theological message than uh, uh, other moments that we, we share with you through the year, I want you to take a few notes with me. So as we begin to look at our outline, let's look at some of the reasons that Christ came. So if you'll pop up my first slides for me up there uh, for me. The love of God came down, his glory came down to reveal to you and I, and it's revealed through us 
to us through creation. God uses creation to reveal to us the glory of God. Now in Romans chapter one, turn in your Bibles there or look on the screen. In Romans chapter one and verse 20, we have this passage. Paul's the writer and he says, for his, talking about God, invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, he goes on to say in verse 21, has been clearly perceived, underline this, ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made so that they are without excuse. You see, what Paul is wanting you and I to know is that the glory of God has been revealed from the very beginning through creation. God's power, God's nature, they're perceived by us, you and I, in the creation of the world. If you've, uh, and I know you have traveled, aren't you amazed as you travel to different places, different countries, different places around America of the beauty of God. And, and, and what Paul was saying is God reveals his glory to you and I, the divine nature, the divine nature of God, the power of God, the, the nature of God is revealed to us. Now, what does that mean is God and his power is the deity of God, the, the glory of God, the, the, the divine nature of who God is, is revealed to you and I, divinity. We perceive it, we understand it through the creation of the world. First of all, within our thoughts, our reasoning, our conscience, we, we know that there is something that is greater and beyond. You see, this world just didn't happen. It wasn't just an evolution. I mean, it w evolution would be acting like a hurricane is going to be coming into Florida. And as the hurricane hits Florida, it blows through the junkyard. And in the end, after it blows through the junkyard, you have a beautiful BMW that has come together from all the junk that's in the junkyard. That's evolution, like that really happened? No, that didn't happen like that. There is a creator and we see it in the handprints of God from the very beginning. I mean, I can tell you, as you travel around, if you've been through the Caribbean, the beauty that's there, if you've ever gone to Europe and gone up into the Alps and looked over the mountains, I mean, I've sat on top of the mountains and, and just looked across the, the range of mountains and mountains and mountains and just said, this just didn't happen. There is a glorify, uh, there is glory that's being seen in the, in the revelation of creation. A few years ago, Pastor Candy and I went to a conference out in Arizona and we went through the, the Arizona desert and man, just the beauty of, of the desert that was there and, and all the beauty of, of seeing hand, the handiwork of God. You see, what Paul was saying is in us, within us and, and without, around us, everywhere, you can see the beauty in creation of what God is and who he is. It's a revelation. I mean, think about it. When you walk through the woods, you go to the ocean, you go up on the mountains, you, you go to different countries around the world. If you ever go with us to Israel, I mean, in one country, a little country about the size of Florida, you've got You've got, you've got sea level, you've got, you've got the seas where Paul will, will, will set sail and the gospel will go around the world. You've got two mountain ranges where there's snow to the lowest place 
on earth, which is the Dead Sea, where nothing at all lives in the Dead Sea. And you go through the land of Israel and you see the beauty of all of it, mountains and sea and desert, all of it right there. It's the handiwork of our God. How has God revealed his glory? Paul says, scripture says, first of all, he's revealed his glory to you and I through creation. Now I wanna challenge you, and I've made this challenge before uh, to you, don't miss God in creation. Find time to get into creation and see the handiwork of the Lord. We get lost in what man has made, but pull back and see yourself in that which God has made. Go down to the beach, go up into the mountains, go for a walk, see the handiwork of God, and it will reveal to you the glory of God. The second thing scripture teaches about how God has revealed his glory is by the prophets. Write it down, by the prophets. Now in Hebrews chapter one, Hebrews chapter one, and in uh, verse uh, one, Hebrews 1, 1, we have this passage of scripture. It says, long ago, at many times, underline that, and in many ways, God spoke. Say, God spoke. To our fathers by who? The prophets. Now, what I like here is Paul, the writer, I believe, of Hebrews is saying again, God spoke, underline it, he spoke. That means that God was concerned, that God was aware, that God wanted to reveal to you and I, and he speaks to us. It reminds me again that God knows my trials, he, he knows the troubles, he knows the pressures and the sufferings that we go through. And Scripture helps us to see that the glory of God is revealed not only in creation, but time and time and time and time and time and time again, he has sent messengers to speak to you and I, the prophets, those that would hear from God, would bring a message to the people and would share it with us. Long ago and on many occasions, he says, God was speaking and revealing by his prophets. Now, what's so important about that is that God wanted you to know. He wanted you to know him. He wanted you to understand his purpose, his love. He wanted you to know how to have a relationship with him. He wanted you to know that you're not walking through this life alone. You're not by yourself, that he's not too distant. He, he's not too far away. He's not too busy. He's not unaware. He is right there and he's speaking to you through his prophets. He's speaking to you through his word, through those that have communicated it. I'm telling you, man, when I get into the word, God speaks, but God also speaks powerfully to me when others are sharing God's word, there is a revelation that comes alive. It's the work of what God has done through the ages. It's the written word comes alive. It becomes a rhema word in my spirit as God speaks through those that he has ministered to. Can I hear an amen? 
Now, that's why I love January for us. I love Nights Ablaze. I love our revival services because I just believe that there is a word that God desires to speak to his people today for where we're at today. What he'll say to you will be a little different to what he says to me, to somebody else, because we're all at a different spot in our journey. But through one voice, there is a corporate message that comes together in the body of Christ. And we all just get realigned and and we once again glorify God that's high above and he is speaking to his people. Now, can we just give the Lord a praise for a moment? Turn to somebody and say, he's speaking. Don't miss it. He, he's speaking to you. So God reveals his glory through creation. He reveals his glory through the prophets. And thirdly, I want you to see that he reveals his glory by the spirit. Let's look at a couple verses. They're on the screen in your outline as well. First Corinthians chapter two, Paul again. Paul again writing says, yet among the mature, we do impart wisdom, impart wisdom, although it is not a wisdom of this age. So first of all, pause for a moment. Paul is saying there is a wisdom that comes. It's a wisdom that gets imparted, but it's not just a wisdom that man's going to give you or a wisdom of this age. It's an impartation. Circle that word. There's an impartation that comes to you, comes to you by the prophets that are speaking, by messengers that come through creation. There's an impartation that hits you. Something is coming, but it is sealed by the spirit, not just wisdom of this world, not just something I'm going to learn in university or I'm going to learn in some kind of literature, those will inform me. But there is something God is doing through his spirit that's going to speak to my heart and reveal God in his glory in a greater way to me. Not a wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away. He goes on to say, go on to the next, but we impart a secret and a hidden wisdom, circle it, a hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. What Paul is saying is there's an impartation. We use this word a lot as leaders, that there is an impartation. We can teach knowledge, we can give you a lecture, we can give you a seminar, we can give you uh, wisdom, we can teach you principles and lessons, but there is something that we cannot do without the touch of the Spirit, and that is an impartation and the breath of God and the anointing of God that touches you and awakens it within you as the Word comes to you. We call that rhema. Rhema is something that God awakens. It becomes alive and there's an impartation. Your spiritual eyes are open and now you see with a new level and a new dimension what you've not seen before. Let me give you some other words that kind of come out of this scripture here. The, this wisdom, this revelation of God that comes by the spirit of the glory of God, the will of God, the purpose of God, the mission of God, it gets deposited into you. Like you deposit something, maybe at a bank, you deposit something, there is something deposited into you. 
Maybe another word, it's entrusted into you. And the scripture says it's in the heart and the mind of individuals for the glory of God by the work of the Holy Spirit. Now that's why we say that we are not only people of the word, but we are people of the spirit, write it down. We have to be in tune with the spirit. We've got to open our ears to the spirit. Can I hear an amen today? That we hear God, there's an impartation in my spirit of God's word to me in my life. Now, a little disclaimer, let me just say, because some people can get off theologically. What the Spirit speaks and confirms will never, ever contradict the written Word of God. It will never contradict the written Word of God. So you may sense in your, in your being, in your, in, within yourself, that the Spirit is telling you to do something. But if it contradicts the Word of God, it is not the Holy Spirit. It might be your spirit, it might be an evil spirit, but it's not the Holy Spirit. God gets blamed on a lot of stuff, a lot of goofiness and a lot of bad theology because they think that this is the Spirit. Now, I. I am Pentecostal. I believe the Spirit speaks. I believe the Holy Spirit leads and guides and directs us. I believe he takes the written word and he awakens it within me and it becomes the rhema word for me to take a sword in my hand and to fight a spiritual battle. But it will not contradict God's written word. It won't do it. But it's something that God uses. And that's why we have to open our spiritual ears. That's why I love times of prayer and fasting. It opens my spiritual ears. I gotta be honest, sometimes my spiritual ears, my spiritual understanding becomes dull because of the things of this world. I get blinded or I cannot hear the way God would want me to hear. And so those are times, prayer and fasting, those are moments that I can come back and my spiritual ears can be opened up. Can I hear an amen? So he reveals through creation, he reveals through the prophets, he reveals his glory by the spirit and Jesus revealed himself as he came. When Jesus came, he revealed first of all that he was the word of God who became human. Turn with me to John 1.1. Very popular scripture. We've really not unpacked this scripture uh, before in a major way in uh, many, many years. But John 1, 1, John 1, 1, I'm going to read from the English Standard Version. I want to read from verse 1 to verse 5. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. It doesn't say, by the way, in the beginning began the word or the word was created. It was in the beginning was the word and the word was with God. And underline it, the word was God. He was in the beginning with God and all things were made through him speaking of Christ, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light unto men. The light or the glory, we're talking about the glory of God being revealed. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. 
What Jesus is saying through, or what the word of God is saying here, John is writing and John is saying, the word of God, the word of God is Jesus. That Jesus is the word. He has always existed. He always was. He he was there in the beginning and, and he has been there through the ages. He is with us now and he will be with us in the future. He was, he is, and he will be. Can I hear an amen in the house? And it's saying that Jesus is God. Now I want us to say that. Jesus is God. He was the light unto men. And that light was the glory of God that was being revealed. Jesus is the light. Jesus is the glory. He was the word. He was there in the beginning. He is there with us now. And I guarantee you, he will be with you in the future. We have seen the glory of God, scripture reveals, through Christ himself. Let's go a few verses down. Verse 14, John chapter 1, verse 14. And the word God became flesh, human, and dwelt, lived among us. Here we see that the word came in a human form. He lived, uh, uh, he lived a life like you are. Here he stepped out of the realm of the heavens, of time and space and the deity and the Godhead. And he came and encountered the world for one purpose. And this is the point of the message today, is to reveal the glory of God. The word is the glory of God and Jesus became flesh. The glory became human so that we could be with and see God and have peace restored between us and God the Father. Now that's a big amen because it's the foundation of what we've got to know in our biblical lives, in our walk with God, in our spiritual walk with the Lord. Paul, again, I'm using Paul mostly today. Paul over in Philippians. Philippians chapter two and verse six, Paul is going to help us to understand a little bit better. Paul says in Philippians chapter two and verse six, looks like my computer's rebooting. Technology, amen? (laughs) Philippians chapter two. And verse six, you have it in your outline? Amen. See if I can find it in my notes. And being found in human form, he, who? God, Christ, humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Philippians chapter two. Here, the Bible says, Paul says that Jesus became human. He humbles himself, becomes a man. Now becoming a man, basically he's saying he has the same tendencies and and needs that you and I have. We become hungry, we are thirsty, we're tired. Uh, Jesus wept, we wept, we feel pain, we feel pain. I mean, these emotions and, 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 and what we walk through, he walked through. He did it to reveal to you and I, he takes on that form of a man and it's for a purpose and so that you and I can see the glory of God. Go, Jesus reveals, first of all, writing it in your notes, he reveals to you and I that he was the word of God. 
But secondly, Jesus reveals himself as the son of God who came for a purpose and that purpose was to die. It was to be a sacrifice. It was to atone for our sin. Philippians is where we were. Philippians 2, and I want to pick back up where I left off in verse 8. And being found in a human form, he humbled himself, becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. In verse 6 and 7, I didn't read it, uh, I skipped it a moment ago. Through he was in the, though he was in the form of God, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. But he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant and being born in the likeness of men. So here, Paul is reminding us that Jesus came to deal with the problem of sin. In the Old Testament, we talked about it last week, that there was a, an elaborate system that needed uh, to be done for there to be restoration between man and God, to find peace with God. Because of our sin, there is a, a break and there, there is a, 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 a chasm. Sin creates between us and God. And, and, and for us to find forgiveness, there would be a sacrificial system that had been implemented and instituted in the Old Testament. And for years and years and years, for you to get uh, sin covered for you to find atonement of your sin and guilt removed, you would come to the temple, there would be a sacrifice that was made and that sacrifice would be the, the covering or the scapegoat for you and, and take away your sin. But it was not a perfect, there was a better way, a better substitute that needed to be done and therefore God sins Jesus, his son, the son of God for the purpose to die for you and I. So Jesus reveals himself. Creation reveals, prophets reveal, the spirit reveals, Jesus himself reveals why he came. So I want to demonstrate to you and help you to understand in our final moments, I'm going to invite our worship team to come back, how Jesus demonstrated his glory to us. John chapter 1. I was reading it to you in a moment ago. In verse 14 and 15 in John chapter 1, John says, And the Word became flesh, we read it, dwelt among us, and here he is, we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father. And here's the key underline it, full of grace and truth. So here, Jesus demonstrates, he demonstrates for us and we're going to see that he was gracious, gracious to us even when we didn't deserve it. You see, we deserved judgment. We've committed the sin. We've broken the law of God. We've rebelled against God. Within creation, he's been revealing. See, he's been revealing the glory of God in creation. He revealed the glory of God through the prophets. He revealed the glory of God by the Spirit within us. Within us, we know within us that there is a creator. He revealed the glory of God through Christ's coming. And it demonstrates to us the grace. The grace, we deserved punishment. We deserve that we would take the penalty for our sin, but he reveals grace to you and I. Because of sin and separation, we should pay it 
but Jesus came to pay it. That's what he demonstrated for us. Secondly, he demonstrates the truth. He demonstrates truthfulness because punishment had to be paid. It would be unjust for God not to judge the sin. That would be unjust. He is a holy God. He must judge it. And therefore Jesus comes and the truth is that he reveals to you and I that that is gone. The penalty's been paid. The truth of the matter is yes, we pay, we owed a debt, we were gonna pay that debt. But Jesus in his grace comes and he takes it for you and me. And that for you and I is a revelation of what Christmas is all about. So what does it mean? And in a few moments, we're gonna take our final moments today. And I just want us to glorify God. I just want us to worship him and and focus our minds to him and, and give him praise. But how should we respond to God's glory as we understand the revelation of what it is? Well, first of all, we've got to believe. We've got to believe. We've got to put our faith and our trust in Jesus. We've got to believe who he is and what he's done. We've got to believe that he came from the heavens. The word became flesh and he dwelt among us and he took upon himself. I've been reading to you out of John chapter one. This is what John said. I skipped verse 12 and 13. But to all who did receive him, who believe, In his name, he gave the right to become children of God. When the revelation, now don't miss, I know that my, my, I I know I wasn't flowing maybe like normal, but don't miss this today. The revelation through creation, the revelation through the prophets, the revelation of the words that have been spoken, things that have been said, the revelation of the Spirit. The revelation of Christ himself in his coming and what it demonstrated for you and I. What God is saying in this right here is that as we believe the revelation, it becomes real to us. Go back up to verse 12 for me again. Here in in verse 7, he gave the right to be children of God. We are adopted into his family. Paul says in another verse, we are grafted. We're brought in. We're a part now of the lineage of God because we believed. I don't know where you're at in your walk with God today, but I pray that revelation is coming to your life. I pray that God is revealing himself and he's speaking to you and he's revealing to you I pray that through the holidays, through the next few days, that that everything that comes to you will be a revelation of the glory of God. So how should we respond? We need to believe. We need to trust. We need to believe. And secondly, we need to be the light. Write it down. That we shine the light to others. Let me read a few verses as we begin to head into worship. In him was life, and the life was the light of, the men, of, of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Look at this next verse that we have in your outline. John 8, 12, a few chapters later, and Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Look at this next verse in your outline. 
He goes on to say in 2 Corinthians, and we all with unveiled faces behold, say it with me, the what? The glory of the Lord. And being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. I think I have one more verse I want to share with you. Matthew 5, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but they put it on a stand and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that you may see your, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. You see, that's what Pastor Candy was talking about that the Lord led her to do this week that he leads all of us to do. He gives us opportunity to be the light. If this ministry is making an impact in your life, why not help us make an impact on the lives of others by partnering with us today? You can give through our CLC app or at clcftl.org forward slash give. Thank you for listening and remember to subscribe for more inspiring messages like this. Now go and be messengers of hope.